0: Welcome everybody, Pastor Rob here. Happy Easter. And of course, Easter, an amazing day, Resurrection Sunday. Truly the most powerful, the most important, the most significant, the most life-altering event in world history. And of course, for us Christians, there's no other day like it. The resurrection is the centerpiece of everything that we are, everything that we believe. It literally defines us as Christians. In fact, If there was no resurrection, you showing up today watching me would be a complete waste of time. Even Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 15. It says this, if Christ hadn't been raised from the dead, all of our preaching would be useless and our faith would be useless. But like Paul says in verse 20, and I say to you, the resurrection is absolutely true. Do you know through the years, there's been hundreds of people, devout atheists who've spent their life, tried to spend their life disproving the resurrection because they know if they could disprove the resurrection, they could disprove Christianity. And you know what happened almost to a person? They had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus along the way. And their lives changed so dramatically. They became devout atheists, and here's what they did: they became some of the strongest devout Christians on this planet. Some, the most amazing theologians we have today, writing many books, proving that the resurrection absolutely happened, and that us Christians who believe it, as the centerpiece of our life, can stand on it. But look at the apostles. Here they, he was with; the, they were with him for three, three and a half years, and all of a sudden, he told them this was going to happen. And Remember what happened? He got got arrested and all of a sudden the, the apostles scattered big time because they were afraid that they would receive the same fate that Jesus was. Only one kind of stuck around for a little while. Of course, that was Peter, if you know your Bible. And he kind of snuck in the courtyard of the high priest just checking out what was going on. But then when he got found out, he too got fearful and just split too. He said, I don't know that guy. Why did he do that? Because he too was afraid of the fate that would come his way. And here, just a few days later, the resurrected Jesus came and met with his apostles. And those guys went from cowards to the, the, the followers of Jesus that we're still following today. They, all those t- apostles were willing to die for the faith. Many did. Why? Because they had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Now, as strong as those things are that I just told you, there's something even stronger. And that's you and I. Because see, most of us looking in today have had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. In fact, the person that was before we got saved and the person after we got saved are two completely people because of the power of God working in our lives. Our lives were changed, altered completely for, the, for amazingly good because of the resurrected Jesus that showed himself to us. And we invite, he invited us in and we accepted salvation. In Romans 10, 9, it says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Here's the amazing part to me. This is, this, is, this is just Rob thinking. But do you realize what Jesus did on the cross for us and the pain he endured for our salvation so that when he went to the cross and paid the price for us that we could, have, we could be not separated from the Father anymore? If that was me that did that on the cross, you would be paying me for that big time. And don't judge me. If you were God, you would make, say, you'd have people paying you for that, for that salvation. You weren't going to that cross for free. But here's the most amazing thing to me. Do you realize that Jesus says your salvation is a free gift from me? You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't do anything. It's a gift from me. Isn't that amazing? It just blows my mind. And then he gives us more gifts after our salvation. He says, hey, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. It's a free gift. I want to have the Holy Spirit come and live with you so that you'll never be far from me. He'll come and comfort you and guide you and direct you in life that we'll, be, we'll always be together here on this earth. Isn't that amazing gifts? Then he said, I got one more for you. I got even a, I got even a more amazing gift to me. At Christmas time, just, just, just throw, throw this out at you. At Christmas time, you parents out there, do you ever give your kids a gift, but you hide the big one? Like they're opening all these gifts and it's all this amazing. They're so happy. And all of a sudden, you know that you still got that big one waiting to come out. And then you bring it out and the kids just go nuts. And they give you the biggest bear hug. Thank you, mom and dad. You're the greatest. God did that too as great and as amazing and as powerful as our salvation was and as amazing as his Holy Spirit to came, come and live with us and the spiritual gifts he gives us, he gave us one more amazing one, powerful one. He gave us eternity, eternity. The word says in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. I submit to you looking in today, this Easter Sunday, and all that e- Easter represents to you, I'm thinking that eternity was not on your mind today. In fact, I would submit to you that for most of us, heaven is never really on our mind, far from our mind. It's not even something we allow. We might go to a funeral every once in a while and all of a sudden, we, you know, we, our own mortality faces us right there. But in reality, God says, I want you to think about eternity all the time. And I submit to you today. I submit this truth from the Bible to you that you can live your life on. I believe that one of the motivations that Jesus had to go to the cross and one of the motivations the father had to allow his son to go to the cross and die for us. And the reason that God resurrected his son to life is to prove that he was a God and that when we believed in him, his motivation was for us to spend eternity with him. And I believe that the Easter story is about eternity. I believe that. It's an amazing gift God has given us today. I, I just want you to know, I want you to, I want you to think that through. And I want to give you a couple scriptures so I could show you in the word that to be true. And here's what it says in Colossians 3. It says this, Since you have been raised to a new life in Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven, where Christ sits in place of honor at, the, at God's right hand. Think about these things of heaven and don't be worried about earth. That word think there, think about these things, think about the realities of heaven, is the word zotos. And in the Greek language, it doesn't just think, hey, think about it every once in a while. Actually, the word is a powerful word. It literally means to seek diligently. Or another translation is to single-mindedly investigate. And what God's saying here in the word, in Colossians to us through Paul, it's saying, hey, I don't want you to lose sight of heaven heaven is for real. And I, I want you to be thinking about that. I want you to, the reason he does, let me tell you why God wants us to always have our mind on heaven. Because when we see eternity coming, it will re, will redefine our worst days. When we have something going on, God says, I don't want you to think about just the here and now. I want you to think about what's to come in the world that's about to come in your way. And that's eternity so our worst days are redefined by our thoughts about what God has prepared for us in heaven. Let me tell you about an amazing friend of mine, probably my best friend, really, to be honest with you, Carl Jones. Carl and I go back 25 plus years. And we started a men's group all that, back, all that time ago. And we've been meeting literally every Tuesday for 25 years at a coffee shop. And ironically, Carl never drank coffee. But through those years, We became closer and closer. I mean, truly, no one on this planet other than my wife knows me as good as Carl Jones. And the vice versa, I knew Carl better than anyone. We laughed together, we cried together, we argued together. He was literally my best friend. And that's what a best friend is, by the way. Someone that will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. And if I can digress just a little bit, all of us need a friend like that in our life. For us to literally live out the God the life God fully intended us to live. We need friends in our life that share our passion for God and be willing to tell us the truth about our lives and just be accountable to them through life. But that's what Carl was to me, a great friend. And a couple of years ago, he came to us in one of those men's meetings, uh, men's coffees, and told us that he had gone to the doctor and the doctor told him that he had contracted a very rare blood disease and that it was in stage four and that there was no cure and that he needed to get his affairs in order. Of course, to us, when we were hearing that news, I literally crumpled. I mean, I literally, it just, it hit me so hard that the possibility that I could lose my friend. I, of course, we went right to prayer. We prayed diligently for him right then. And he goes, Rob, I just need to tell you something. And this is what he told me. I'm prepared to see Jesus. In fact, I want to see Jesus. I've, I've, come to, I've come to a peace about what the doctor said to me. I've talked to my wife and I've talked to my kids and I'm talking to my friends like you. And he goes, listen, I've never lost sight of eternity. And, I, and that's really his message to us. As we, as we process those next couple of years, we talked about heaven a lot. We planned his celebration of life because unfortunately for me, but fortunately for Carl, on thanks, the day before Thanksgiving of 2020, Jesus says, I want to prepare a place for you. And now I want you to come home and be with me. Let me read the scripture for you. It says this in John 14. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And that's what Carl's telling me. And that's what he would tell you today. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I know life is crazy. I know all this is going on around you. I mean, look, at we're living the most unprecedented time in history. I'm probably one of the oldest people. I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm 67 years old. I've lived a long time and I can tell you life is as crazy as it's ever been. But God says to us today, like he said, his disciples back then in this passage, don't let your hearts be troubled. It says, trust in God and also trust in me, Jesus says. There's more than enough room in my father's house. And if this were not so, would I've told you, I was going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I'm going to come back and get you so that you'll always be with me. And that's what happened the day before Thanksgiving of 2020 in Carl's life. Carl, the Lord said, I got everything together. Now it's the time to come home. And I just wanted to tell you, tell you today, this Resurrection Sunday, and I believe Resurrection Sunday and eternity go together. That when we have our minds on heaven, when we don't lose sight of the reality of heaven, when we when we when we diligently seek heaven it literally will redefine our life and that's what happened here with Carl while we were talking as as we were talking in that coffee shop many times before the, he went home to be the lord he one time he said hey rob there's, you know, because I kept talking about heaven. I had done quite a bit of an extensive study on heaven, and I was telling him, "Hey, this is what you, this is what's going to happen, man." And he goes, "Wait, wait. I, I read a verse, and I'm not. We're not supposed to know about heaven, are we?" And he read this verse to me. It says, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love Him." That's verse nine of uh, of Corinthians, and says that, But I want you to know, that there's actually a verse ten. I told him. Hey, but that's where you stop. You stop only at verse nine. But listen, there's a verse 10. There's a verse 10. And it starts, it's what it says. It says, it uses the word but. And in the Bible, but and therefore are always words that go, pay attention. I'm about to say something super important. And this is what he says. In the word, it says this. It is to us, who is us? Us are people who accepted Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit is living us, living in us. That's the us in this verse that God, re- it's, it's because it's through us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's own thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except through God's spirit. But we have received God's spirit so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. In other words, God did not want heaven. God does not want heaven to be a secret, he's not hiding heaven off. No, he wants it. He wants to show heaven off big time. And if you understand his word, in a few months, uh, in a few weeks rather, we're going to talk about heaven. We're going to do a little series on heaven so that you'll know it even more than I can say today. But I want you to know here today, heaven is for real, and it is going to be the most incredible place that we could possibly imagine. The word says, I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. I can only tell you that God says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You know, it's going to be incredible. Imagine right now with me. Imagine right now with me, the most beautiful place you've ever been a place where you literally have a spiritual experience, a place that you feel such peace and serenity. Think, think about that place right now in your mind. Is there a place that you go, possibly the beach and watching the waves come in at sunset, just a place where you can just go and unwind and just love every moment of it. Is there a place like that in your life? There's a place in my life like that. And the place that I go, I, I just have to go away every once in a while and get, a, get, a, get my feel, get, my, get that get that feeling back in me, and it's Yosemite National Park. I love going there. I took this picture a couple years back. It's my place to go and just be with the, my Savior. I mean, I, I just have just a spiritual experience. Yosemite is, you can see God's handprint all over it. And as beautiful and as amazing as a Yosemite is or that beach experience you had, if that's your, you, you it doesn't even compare to what we're about to experience in heaven. Did you know that in the Bible, God allowed seven people in the Bible to have a glimpse of heaven so they could write in the Bible about what that experience is going to look like when we get there. And I was, as I was studying about heaven, I was reading the book by John Bevere called Driven by Eternity. In fact, he became one of my favorite authors. And by God's grace through the years, I've been able to meet John not only just meet him, but I became good friends with him because he shares a love I have, and that's golf. And so when he comes to Hawaii, I have the privilege of being able to golf with him. So we became pretty good friends. And I asked him about a story in the book Driven by Eternity about a little boy in 1979 who had electrocuted himself. He was a son of a pastor, and the story goes that the pastor came home to see all the EMS and the fire department, everybody in his driveway. He goes racing in the house and, of course, sees the scene of his son being being brought back to life. And, of course, the father goes into deep prayer, and the long story short, the boy ended up in a coma for about four months, and then he instantly came out of it. After they, the parents and everybody in the church community for him were praying for him, and all of a sudden he came out of this coma. And they're sitting around the table a couple days later having breakfast. And even the father and the mother said, You know what? There's something different about this boy. And here's what he said that, that his face seemed to shine. There was something amazing about what was going on. This, and they were wondering what was going on in their boy's life. And then he, the boy comes to his parents and says, You know what? I've been to heaven and I've been with Jesus. And then then he just starts describing heaven as this incredibly beautiful places, colors that he'd never seen before. The peace that he experienced there was like, was out of this world. He he could barely describe it. And then he started describing people and their names of people that met him in heaven and showed him around. And these were people that he had never met before, but his parents clearly knew for sure. He knew their name. He described them perfectly to them. And he was talking about them. And, and the parents were just blowing their minds about what's going on. That, that boy, of course, is now a man today. He's married. He's got a couple kids. And he is serving the Lord powerfully. Because why? Why? Because he too had an encounter with the risen Lord. There's many stories of people who have had a chance to see a glimpse of heaven. And they always report back. Why do they report back? So that we can never lose sight of the power that's available to us in heaven. Imagine with me, imagine with me, a world with no pain or sickness or death or cancer or evil or prejudice, no stress and no strain, no depression, no anxiety. Imagine that world, because that's the world we're about to walk into when our time here on earth is done. In fact, in Revelation, John tells us that. He too had a glimpse of heaven. It says this, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, And the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And then I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And then I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. And I will wipe away, God says this, I will wipe away every tear from their eyes And there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. And all these things that were distressing us will be gone. God wants us to know today, this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday 2021, that God wants us to never lose sight of eternity. He went to the cross and died for us and then resurrected to prove that he was God so that we would never lose sight of heaven. Isn't that an amazing story? That's the story of Easter in our lives. God wants us to never lose sight of eternity. Let me say it like this. I got this rope here. And this rope, if you can imagine it, in this room I'm in, looking at this camera, but the room, it goes out this door, over the Kualaos, over the leeward side, out towards Japan and keeps on going and going and going and going where there is absolutely no end. You cannot see the end of this rope. And that represents your existence. And you see this little part here? This little part here is the time we spend on earth. And the word says that we are so consumed with this that we lose sight of this. And the the word even says that what we do here determines what happens in eternity. We My story is this, you know, you work really, really, really hard and you achieve that. So then you start working really, really hard so you can achieve that. For me, it was my retirement. I I dreamed of retiring someday. I don't anymore, but I could say I just got to save, save, save. So when I retire, I can go travel and I don't have to go any more meetings. I can just do what I want. Anybody there with me? See, we care so much about this. The only thing we can see is this. But God says this. I want you to worry about this. Because there's a lot more eternity, millions and millions of years that you're going to expend with me. But here's the problem. We just are so worried about this little part. But when we get right here, right to the end of our life, our last breath on earth is our first breath in heaven. When Carl passed, his last breath was there. His next breath was in front of Jesus. Here's what I want to say to you here on this Easter Sunday for those people looking in right now that have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I was reading to you that God, God says, don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. for if just, Trust in me and also trust in my Father. Because I'm going to go to a place, I'm going to pray a place for you. It goes on in that verse and it says this. It says, the disciple said, Jesus says, you know where I'm going. And the disciple says, no, we don't. And he goes, we have no idea where you're going. And Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except for me. And I want you to know something. Hear me. If you've never accepted the Lord, your, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never done that, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Because see, when you get right there, right there, when your last breath is taken and your first breath in heaven, you're going to be standing in front of God. And God's going to ask you one question. This is big. He's going to ask you one question that day. He's going to ask you, did you know my son? Not up here, but here. Did you have a relationship with him? Did you love him? Did he know your voice and you know his? He's going to ask you that. And when you go, when you say to him, yes, I loved him. And he's going to, what's going to happen here? is just gonna blow your mind, blow your mind. So I wanna pray for you. If you're looking in today and you've never come to an assurance that you are saved, I wanna pray with you right now. Hitchhike off my words. If that's you, if your heart's beating really strongly, you go, know, I, I need to make amends, I need to, I need to make sure I have a relationship with God, I want you to pray with me right now. Because remember what I said in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you acknowledge God, In other words, if you acknowledge him publicly and if you believe that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So if that's you, I want you to pray with me right now. Pray with me. Lord, forgive me for doing my thing my way and never even acknowledging you are real. Please, Lord, forgive me of my sins, Lord. I believe that you died for my sins and I believe your father raised you to life again. I believe that, Lord. And for those people praying today, Lord, looking in this camera, I pray, Lord, that you would do amazing things in their life. I pray that you would tangibly, they would tangibly feel your embrace right now. That you would flood them with a love that they've never experienced before. That only you can give, Lord. That they would experience your peace and your presence and your power, your power in their life today. Lord, I pray when their friends come to see them after right, praying right now, they would literally see a difference in them because of you and them coming to, a, to be an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And for the rest of us looking today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would renew our vision for heaven, Lord, that we literally live with our eyes our eyes pointed to heaven, Lord, That, Lord, you've given us this life to live and you've given a purpose here. But Lord, you've also said, don't lose sight of heaven. Lord, we declare today that we will not lose sight of you. Lord, we recommit our passion to be in eternity with you today, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. It's been great to be with you on this Easter Sunday. Have an amazing day.